pull up a chair, grab your wine. You are listening to the Close Friends podcast. This is where we hit record on our IRL conversations as friends about surviving, thriving, and diving headfirst into life as adults, but also trying to have a fucking good time. Today, I'm your host, Lucy, and I'm joined as ever by our co host, Tara. Hello, friends. Hi. And Sarah. Hello, friends. Hello. How are you both? Good. Not bad. I feel like it's been a while since the three of us actually had an episode together. Um, No. You should have introduced me as like the special guest. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Surprise, bitch. We all individually are. All of us individually are. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's been a while since we've caught up. I know. Even. Like, let alone a damn episode. But, um... Yeah, lots have been going on. There's it? so much going on, so much drama. I love it. I love it. It's because life's back. Life's kind of like getting back to normal again, isn't it? I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do have a close friend of the week. Um, this comes from Charlie, uh, sent to our Insta DMs, which we love very much. Uh, this the start is is you know concerning, but I promise it gets better. Sat in A and E waiting to be seen, but. Don't worry, I'm not dying or anything. And having this podcast on in the background, listening to your amazing discussions with your chilled and loving energy is really calming me down and giving me the comfort I need. You really are like close friends, cool aunties, heart, heart, heart. Um, Thank you so much, Charlie. We we love to see it. We also do drop us a message and let us know how you got on. Are you okay? Yeah, you're okay. (laughs) I hope everything's all right. (laughs) Bless you. Bless her. Thanks. So today we wanted to talk about spiking drinks, seeing as the whole world is talking about it, or at least they are in the UK. I don't know, are they in the US as well? Not Sounds- not so much. It's blown up at the moment here. Okay, well, it's a hot topic here because spiking drinks as well, the reported cases of drink spiking have, have doubled, I think. Is it doubled? I'll have a little look. But it's it's growing and it's a big concern. And there were also reports of people being spiked with needles um which is incredibly scary and i've seen photos and videos of people's like jab marks Mm -hmm. on the internet and it's just just really incredibly scary so we thought we'd discuss it a little bit um discuss our own experiences but also discuss a little bit more about the actual drugs themselves that we're being spiked with and um just our thoughts and feelings Mm. has anyone here been spiked yeah i have um have you lucy so i i have a situation that happened where i almost i'm almost certain i was almost spiked yeah um and it was a very interesting series of events which i'll get into but i don't i don't think i have actually been spiked yeah it's actually quite tricky because i think like the three of us are of the generation wow can't believe we have to talk like that now as millennials we're of the generation where like we'd get blackout drunk all the time as young adults right and it's actually I had I've had a few instances looking back where I'm like I wonder if that was actually me being blackout drunk or if there was something shadier going on but there was one situation where I was in Spain on holiday with my friends when I was like maybe 16 actually no I think 15 um and maybe even younger, whatever, but we were in some random bar and uh, a group of guys across the bar, I was already pretty drunk. A group of guys across the bar were like, way, we've sent you some shots. And um, 
obviously when you have no money at that age you're just like it's the best thing ever so I took the shot and like pretty much within the next I don't know 30 minutes it's quite hard to remember but I just like plummeted into a state of unconsciousness basically um Mm. and like passed out on the beach and I I don't think anything happened to me because my friends were there but like we weren't equipped at that age to deal with that situation um we got back to my friend's parents apartment the next day and then my friend's mum was like, you, you, you know, are you, are you sure? She was really supportive, but she's like, oh, are you sure you got spiked? Like the, the, the surefire way to know, I think, is if you like wet yourself. And I was like, yeah, I fucking did. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> when I woke up, I was like, what? <laughs> like literally my body had like entirely shut down. Um, so we all kind of laughed about it and moved on, but that was it. And it was kind of like a funny story. Um, so that was the only time that I know that that's happened. But like, yeah crazy 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 times um lucy what about you yeah i'll 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 share my story but can i just say like it's mad that that gets turned into like a funny story oh yeah it's awful it's like because that's the only option you feel like that's the only option because what are you going to do are you going to go find those people from the bar are you gonna you know you feel so trapped that you feel like that's literally all you can do to laugh it off and that's just so depressing it's fucking it's true and like even now I feel like it's almost trivial talking about it I'm like oh it's not a real spike though like people get it so much worse like that's not even a real spike it's literally that voice that we all women have in the back of their mind that's like comparison and shutting yourself down from having valid feelings of like I was assaulted Mm -hmm. because you're like no one's gonna take this seriously like even now like what 10 12 years on I'm like oh no it's not it's not a real topic though like and you're like well I didn't die and nobody actually like physically assaulted me as far as I know so So whatever right and it's so ridiculous yeah ridiculous interesting yeah so my situation was I was at Glastonbury and we were in one of these tents and we were kind of just dancing in our group that we'd come with and there was this couple and they kind of like joined our group um And then like, they just started like chatting to everyone. And then I got talking to both of them and they were both being like super friendly. And I was thinking, these people are so lovely, like how nice. And then I could feel like, I could feel like his hand on my back, but then I could also feel her hand like by my leg. Mm. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they're trying to like set something up here. So already I was a bit like, "Mm, not really feeling this vibe. but because they were being so nice, I felt like, you know what, I, I can't like just be like, bye. And they'd also like, you know, oh, spoken to other God. people in the group. They were already yeah. kind of involved in the group. Um, and then basically the guy said to me that me and his girlfriend was like, let me go get you girls some drinks. I'll go to the bar for everyone and then I'll come back. This guy went for age. He was gone for so long. Mm. And then he eventually came back, not with three drinks, one for him one for me one for her just two drinks and he specifically gave me like I almost you know when you're like in your mm. mind you're like did I make this part of the story up or yeah. is it actually a memory but I'm almost certain that I remember him like rearranging the drinks to then give me a certain one even though it was the same drink you know vodka mm-hmm. whatever and in that moment I just remember thinking I told myself do not drink that do not mm-hmm. drink that and I played along I held the drink I kept laughing with them and then eventually I think they could see that I wasn't actually drinking it and then they just disappeared I just oh turned around God. and they were gone they were just dis- they were just gone oh god so 
that's why I was like, I was trying to explain it to my friends. I was like, this just happened. This is really scary. I always feel like I got drugged, but it was just, it was also like, um, it was just so passive and then they just disappeared. And for me, that was just like a big red flag. Um, and just the way they were behaving with me, it just felt like that could have been a really awful situation. So thankfully I haven't been spiked, but I'm sure there's multiple occasions where I've narrowly missed it. That one's so interesting because it's a couple and I don't know why, mm. what part of my brain, my patriarchy brain defaulted to the fact that, you know, if there's, if there's, if it's a heterosexual couple, there's a woman involved. I I really wouldn't have expected it. I think you will always are kind of told that with drink spiking, it's like, you know, the shady person in the corner and it's like a very sort of like, it's almost like a movie how it happens. And like, obviously what we're seeing now is it's not like that. Like there's an increase in like known spiking as well. Like, I can't remember what the statistics are, but in cases of like, um, where women are reporting being spiked, there's a, pro- a large proportion of it, which is from people who know them, right? And like, I was listening to a Radio 4 um, documentary just before I left the US actually that spoke to a, a handful of women about their experiences and there was one woman who um, was basically spiked by her boss and it was like a very sort of um, manipulative like calculated thing you know it'd been they'd kind of been getting closer for months um, and then it came to like I think it was like the Christmas party and it was basically a done deal um, and like I can't remember the ins and outs of it but she woke up in in his apartment without her clothes on. I actually think his girlfriend was involved as well in that particular case. Um, but because she can't remember and she was on her own, she had like pretty much no leg to stand on. Um, but yeah, there's something something weird about the fact that it's not just like, you know, the creep with the big trench coat in the corner of the club trying to get you. It's like, mm. this is very, it's actually very subtle. And the, the situation you described there, Lucy, was very very subtle, very calculated. I think that's equally terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always, I think our, our kind of articulation of spiking is often like paralytic, drunk, unconscious, mm. but some spiking is they'll inject you with a substance just yeah. to make you, you know, you're not going to be falling on the floor, but it's just enough to make you more, you know, they could inject you with anything. Well, they could spike your drink with anything, even if it's just spiking it with a shitload more alcohol. It's like mm-hmm. all these things are still not okay. And I think we kind of need to let go of the idea that spiking has to be you completely blackout, quote unquote, drunk on the floor. Like it can, it probably happens all the time. Um, so yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, I was reading reading some stats um, from America, and it's got the male versus female divide of of spiking. And the one stat that stuck out to me was that men report spiking by friends twenty two percent more than women do. So wow. like women, for the most part, it's strangers, and men, for the most part, it's friends. Wow. And I don't really know what to make of that. <laughs> reported cases. It's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah. So there's reporting bias in there as well, which is obviously huge with any any of this kind of assault. But that's fucking, I mean, that's terrifying for men. It's terrifying for all of us. But like, what the hell is going yeah. on there? Well, this is it. Also, no. there was um on the reporting stuff as well. So this is like a, this was a British charity. But they basically did... A study and I think there was like 800 people in total that they surveyed and I think of the people who had been spiked which I think was like um I think it was like 
a gross stat like you know 30 percent or something between 20 to 30 and of those people that had been spiked i think it was like 91 yeah it was 91 percent did not report it to the police 91 percent so these numbers that we're getting you know there's more figures and more people reporting it and like so many people don't report it because they feel like they're not going to be believed and it's embarrassing and like you say sarah you kind of just take it on the chin and think you know what i just got really drunk and it's my fault Hmm. I. I mean. Okay. Right. So let's let's go into what this actually is. Right. So the date rape drugs. There's a couple of them, but the most um, common one is a substance called GHB. And I've had quite a lot of friends who have taken it recreationally before, so I know quite a lot about it. And what happens when you take it? is that you go all a bit gooey and mushy and everything is sort of a bit like like you're drunk, but not really because all of your senses are just dimmed like mm. a lot more than when you're drunk and you're like energetic and happy, but you still know what's going on. And you're making an idiot of yourself with GB. It's just like, I'm just a bit dull. And then if you, t- and it's this time, <laughs> it's, it looks like coconut oil. It's literally mm. just like this, like mm. gooey, just like salty tasting, horrible substance, right? Um, and but if you take too much of it, you will fall asleep, and nothing will wake you up. Oh. And it can be quite scary because you can just think that your friends like drop dead when actually that is just a side effect of GHB. If you take a bit too much, you're just asleep for a while and i was reading somewhere that they've used it to um to like help with insomnia and stuff like that as well because you do just literally pass out and then wake up a few hours later you don't feel refreshed really but like apparently it's been used for all sorts of stuff so i think when you're saying about um and i've never had my drink spiked as far as i'm aware and i've definitely partied more than both of you combined (laughs) Um, but i feel like i feel like you would know and especially if you don't do any drugs, I feel like you would know because it's not anything like just being drunk. It's very much a different feeling and you'd wake up feeling really helpless, like not understanding what's going on, especially if you haven't had that many drinks. Like I can't even imagine no. how you would have felt, Sarah, after that shot, knowing that like, you know, you wouldn't have taken that shot if you were already, if you were going to push yourself into being blind drunk, right? No, like... No, no, I have to, I have to disagree on that. I honestly think that like, I've, I I used to drink to get blackout drunk. I think, I think a lot of us did. And even to this day, you know, logically looking at the data from that event, it looks like the only possible scenario is that I was spiked. It kind of makes sense, but I still don't know. I didn't have a drugs test and I don't know which drug it would have Mm -hmm. been. I don't fucking know, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't a huge shock it was like I was on my way to being drunk. Yeah, sure. My tolerance seemed to be suspiciously low that day, but it's not out the question that I just got blackout on my own. And also the waking up, you know, I I wouldn't have known how that was different to like a a super bad hangover. And Mm. I know that obviously there's a load of different things, a load of different ways that people get spiked, a lot of different substances that are used. But I do think that seems to be um, something that's in common with a lot of anecdotal evidence I've seen with spiking. It's like, it's the same feeling. You just, you just shut down. You lost memory. You lost memory. You don't know how you were feeling. You weren't like in the moment, oh, I feel really giddy, which is very different to how I usually feel when I'm this drunk. It's like your Mm. brain was like the, the fucking, um, connections weren't even working like you weren't even making any memories Mm. 
I think the only way, because I read this um, sort of account from someone who was talking about her experience being spiked, and she basically, I think it was on the New York Times, actually, and she basically was saying that she went to the police and she wasn't sure and she got offered a blood test, but it was past the time frame that where they could detect anything within her bloodstream. So the police just proceeded to treat her like she was just like number one crazy. Um, and yeah, or was just like a silly girl that had just got completely drunk and treat that. She basically said they treated her like she was the criminal, even though she was there to report the crime. Um, okay yeah suggestion right what if there was like um an intermediary like some sort of clinic or some sort of safe space you could go after a night out if you thought this thing had happened and it was like it was more on the level of like you know how um sexual health london is like it's a super i personally feel from my position of privilege that it's a very approachable um accessible service and it's mm-hmm. you know it doesn't feel like going to the hospital right what if there was something similar for like assault and spiking that was like a safe hub more of a clinic you could go to where you could have these tests and you could talk to someone but without the fucking overwhelming terrifying idea of going and actually reporting a crime to the police immediately because i personally can't think of anything more terrifying especially on a hangover um and that's very you know that's just my opinion it's just an idea but what what do you guys think of that yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, surely this must exist already. Oh, for sure. It's not getting enough publicity. Yeah. Or it doesn't, because no one actually gives a shit. I totally agree, Sarah. Like, it's one thing having no services, but then it's another thing, like, actually getting people to go. Because I know full well, whenever anything dodgy, I mean, I talked about stealthing recently, when those things happen, you actually what you you want to think that nothing sinister has happened and you almost convince yourself afterwards Mm -hmm. like oh actually maybe it was fine and you kind of just tell that to yourself because you you don't actually want to go and report it you don't want to have to face the reality of what's happened which i think is a reason why these stats you know although they're on the rise Mm -hmm. if they were true if they were actually reflecting true data um they would be far more shocking yeah this service would be inundated um but it's a question of of you know i almost think you need like a 111 like you know again that kind of middle middle step 111 is the number you call for the what's it the nhs like i don't know how to describe it it's the phone nhs service if you if it's like a non-emergency I don't non-emergency know. yeah yeah so if you if you're like i'm not well something's really bad here but i don't think i need an ambulance you know i could i could almost see it being that level of it's like, I need to just talk to someone about this. Like, I don't have to get out of bed. I don't have to do anything scary. I just need to like, you know, is this is this right? Does this add up? Can someone give me a bit more insight into what might have happened and whether I should yeah. worry about this and like what just my, basically what my, my fucking options are. And I can choose not to take any of those options. But right now, all we know is go to the police and like have some like high, I don't know, stress uh, case that's going to take us months of our lives or sit and just fucking convince yourself it didn't happen so no wonder we we take option two you know it's fucking terrifying the same same goes for sexual assault like all of this fits into this gray area of like drinking partying whose whose fault was it you know was i 
was I actually just getting myself drunk? Was I asking for it? You know, I accepted the drink, all of this shit. And it's fucking bollocks. Like the problem is we are still being taught that as women, it's our fault because we don't protect ourselves enough. And we go out and we buy fucking condoms to put on our drinks and put the straw through. You see all these companies popping up now, just so people don't come and put fucking drugs in our own drink. How fucked up is that? Why are we not looking at the problem of who the fuck's putting the shit in the drinks in the first place it's the same with sexual assault it all comes well, down to the same narrative yeah. fucking shit but security in bars and clubs like even if it tightens it's it's not really gonna help like no. this is the this is the issue like what, what we're talking about is this tiny little stuff that you can hide anywhere and people will just unless you want cues and cues like they're not gonna be able to find everyone and catch everyone so what is what is the answer? And also like making these drugs even harder to get gain access to doesn't work no, because I don't <laughs> I think that that's that's treating the the symptom. That's not curing the problem. The problem is systemic. The problem is like fucking sex education in schools. The problem is like teaching people about consent. The problem is like, you know, putting more time and investment into, you know, actually educating people, um, making sure that uh, these crazy groups of people who think this is okay realize it's not okay. And, and that's, it's not to do with, oh, we'll just buy more drink condoms. We'll just search people harder. We'll, you know, restrict drugs and whatever. Like that's not going to solve anything. These people will still exist. On the basis of that, though, do you think that the reason why there's an increase in injectable, like injection spiking, do you think that's because of the action that has been taken in terms of like covering drinks or whatever? Like, what do you think that is? Because for me, in my mind, I'm like, surely an injection. Firstly, it's like so much more visible. You have to physically take it in there with you. And it must be like more risky in terms of like actually having to, you know, inject them get the substance within their you know within their arm or their leg or wherever they're doing it why is that on the rise i don't understand if the only reason maybe is that people are more hyper conscious and they are but you know women are having to take those measures off covering their drinks or whatever i just find that very peculiar yeah i don't know i don't know how that i don't i don't know how it is possible to take a syringe into a club without anybody noticing it for god's sake like that's just that that baffles me and that security should be able to catch before people it's ridiculous it's insane and also how do people not like how to how do you inject someone without them like freaking the fuck out i think i'd freak the fuck out i don't understand (laughs) how this works like logistically the thing is though you know if you've got it in position and you just knock into someone and someone's drunk already you know but yeah i don't know i like i also just think like when you go into clubs the, even when they're doing bag checks they just aren't checking yeah, properly no. because it would take fucking ages mm-hmm. so they just don't mm-hmm. and also like security guards and also like bar staff in general they're not really equipped to deal with someone that's been spiked their only reaction mm-hmm. really is like okay super drunk people get them out of the club so there needs to be better like bar staff need to be trained in that field and what to do rather than just like throwing someone out because that's what would happen yeah there is um there's a thing for sexual assault that i've seen going around the clubs uh in london it's in all the the girls bathrooms i don't know if it's in the boys bathrooms but mm-hmm. it's ask for angela have you seen that ask before? for angela yeah um, yeah yeah 
But that's like, you've got to realise you've been spiked. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not, you're so. not in a mindset where you know you could, I mean, to be fair, if you if you think you've been in a situation like what you described, Lucy, where you're like, this was very suspicious. I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable right now. I don't know what's happened. Then that's amazing. But you've got to have the cognition to realise that you need to go and report something, which I don't think is realistic. I actually hate how suspicious I can be though. And like, it, even when I was no. away in Greece with the girls, like me and, me and Kelsey were like in the cab on the way back to go meet the rest of the girls. And for some reason, I had it in my mind that the taxi driver was going to like kidnap us. I don't know who would want to kidnap me and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I was like, I feel like they're going to like drive us somewhere. And like, you know, I feel like something's really, but Kelsey was just like, calm down. You're just like paranoid. But I hate that I'm like this because I do get, I do get like that whenever I get like a thought in my mind. And it reminds me of when I, like if I go on a date and if I'm at their flat or whatever, I always, especially if I don't know them that well, when they're pouring drinks at their flat, I don't know about you, I always watch. Mm-hmm. And like, I yeah. kind of hate, because because I'm thinking in my mind, oh, they could spite me when I'm at their flat and you wouldn't know. So I'm always, I feel like I am always hyper-conscious of that. And I actually hate being like that because I also think it can stop you from enjoying moments and yeah, I don't know where yeah. I'm going with this, but... I, I, Lucy, it's probably, uh, to be honest, statistically speaking, it's probably saved your life a couple of times. You just never know. You won't know because mm. you're here, you're fine. Like, this is the weird thing. I think, again, as women, this is normal. I realise now, yeah. uh, honest, honestly with you, at least once a day now, living where I live in California, I go on into hyperconscious mode for one reason or another, whether it's getting on public transport or it's in a bar or it's just trying to walk home at, you know, a reasonable time of night, frankly. It's like, this is just how we live as women. I think as you get older, you just notice it more. We've been conditioned since we were kids to like try and protect ourselves because again, we're focusing Mm. the problem on being like, women need to be more aware and women need to look out for these things and put more clothes on and try and stay, you know, blend into the background so they don't get sexually assaulted or spiked. And it's like, that's not the problem. Again, we talked about this a lot, but I'm not surprised by that at all, Lucy. And I I honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't urge you to drop that. To be honest, I think that'd be highly irresponsible of me to be like, yeah, no, just try yeah. and get, live in the moment a bit more because it's like, frankly, you, I don't think we have that luxury as women. I ha- but like, that's what I'm saying. Like how it, it depresses me. Yeah, it's like, it, de- it depresses me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the reality of life. And I do, that. I'm starting to think more and more that actually like there are two solutions. There's short-term solution, there's long-term solution long-term solution is actually changing people's behaviors and and stopping this from happening um and short-term behavior is try and be more self-aware and and look out for each other and ourselves and hope for the best right yeah yeah i think there's also a there's also a need to stop basically we have to just um reclaim the narrative a little bit on this and stop gaslighting our own gender into believing that like things didn't happen or they don't matter um because that's something that can stop immediately right like if your friend comes to you and is like yo I was like blackout last night but I actually think something you know maybe sinister happened yeah typically maybe a response would be like sure you weren't just hammered like you sure do you have any evidence you know like typical sort of like you know I do we really need to make a scene out of this whereas actually even just for all of us as women and as friends if we could just change that to be a bit more like hey like you know 
we could actually report this, like, how are you feeling? Like, let's just talk about it a bit more. Let's explore it a bit more. And just that kind of just changing the attitudes to be a bit more welcoming of the topic and kind of normalizing the topic a bit more, I think would go a long way. Um, and then I do think, you know, I would love to explore a little bit more the, the services landscape. Um, I'm sure there's incredible charities out there who are working on this. In fact, there are, there's definitely charities who are working on spiking specifically and obviously sexual assault in women as well. But I would love to know kind of what the, what the options are for women and maybe to bring them into the foreground a little bit more because that's the problem I'm sure there's people doing fantastic work but you don't know when you wake up that that morning after you don't know your options and and you're choosing between two extremes of the spectrum and the easier one by far is just to deny it Do we want to do um, quick fire, quick fire round? Yes, that's mm. a great idea. All right, team. Quick introduction to the quick fire round. This is where we have each prepared a question. Um, it's a yes or no answering question, um, and nobody knows what the other person is going to say. And we've got three little seconds to answer our yes and our no, and then we'll talk about them all at the end. So, um, who wants to start? You go. Okay. Uh, my question is, with everything that's happening right now everywhere in the world, do you think that we are making progress uh, in the world of just being a woman in modern day society? Three, two, one. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Had to think about it. Has to think about it. Mm. Lisa, you go. Okay, so obviously we've had this conversation we're all aware of what's going on with spiking mostly in the uk if you saw a woman looking drunk say on the tube or something would you feel inclined to like check in rather than just leave them or let them sort their own shit out three two one yeah yeah okay um so mine, if um, there's this hypothetical situation where there's a man and a woman at a bar and the woman's already pretty drunk and the man buys her drinks for the rest of the night and then she gets to the point where they have sex but the next morning she can't remember it. Do you think that is a form of spiking? Three, two, one. Yes. Yeah assault so interesting spiking yeah yeah necessarily like i think that it's taking advantage it is it yeah it definitely is i mean like without victim blaming because this is not me victim blame victim blaming i think we should all know our limits and this is not just women this is Mm -hmm, men women mm -hmm. everyone we should know our Mm -hmm. limits and we should try not to not to do that especially on a on a date with someone that you barely know or something for god's sake like but also don't be a dick and do that. <laughs> I would argue that in that one, it's not spiking because my definition of spiking mm. is basically the, uh, oh, careful with this word, but it's 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 not non-consensual. It's the fact you literally had no idea. Whereas in this scenario, yeah. it's like he's buying the woman drinks and she, so she knows that it's happening. And then yes, it gets out of hand, but there's a, a subtle difference where it is more assault than spiking, I think. Because of the power dynamic of that man i assume being more in control because they're not as drunk yeah yeah, there's definitely still assault there but question is can you consent to sex when you're blind drunk yeah no no that's i'm I'm talking about specifically about the act of 
Yeah, about the, okay, fine. Yeah. The, basically the substance um, abuse that gets you there. Yeah. Um, so I can see why we're a bit... I, I think it probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be classified technically as spiking unless yeah. the man was secretly putting more alcohol yes. in yeah. her drinks or ordering her doubles instead of singles, which I'm sure mm-hmm. happens a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, right. I, I see that as spiking because you're giving them a knowing. substance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, giving them a substance but but it i mean there's so much to go on if if we start talking about like when you're drunk and they're drunk and i i don't even know i don't know i, I literally know i don't know any of the answers for that to be honest it's such a fucking minefield but um yeah what was your question again tara do we feel like we're making progress is it a is it a safer better place to live in right now the world is a modern day woman yeah i mean it 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 depends what timeline you're comparing on but there's progress Mm. being made always the 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 two caveats to that are you don't always see it um Mm -hmm. typically it's made for one particular sector of society which is you know white feminism (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and beyond that there's still a lot of questions we're not even talking about you know we're talking about the western world here we're not even talking about the rest of the world so that's a whole other thing so in our little bubble of, you know, progression, even then, sometimes it's hard to see the progress. But you have if we're comparing it to like 100 years ago, then we cannot forget where we came from. Like we cannot forget how grateful we need to be for our elders who made, you know, feminism a topic and made us have society where we are today. Like the fact we can get a fucking degree, the fact we can go to the shop and buy something on our own. Like these, I think when you talk about progress, you have to really recognize how far we've come. And even if on the day to day, it feels like very small steps and it feels like backward steps, you know, maybe that's a case of we actually just see less of it now that we're getting older, we're less protected, we're out in the real world. Um, I don't know, Lucy, what do you think? It's so hard to answer because like you say, Sarah, I am a very privileged person and it's like, I I feel it because I'm in my echo chamber on social media, following all my inspirational accounts that I follow campaigning doing social media activism whatever so I see it and I feel it and that is empowering for me but you know as on a wider scale I don't I mean I can't speak on anyone else's experience but I probably imagine there's a lot of women who feel like it's not changing or it's progressively getting worse but the reason I say yes is because I do feel like with the conversations we are having now even though it's going to be a slow process. I mean, we have made we have made progress, but it's just whether we're still making progress. But I do think that because you can hear so many different voices, especially on social media, more voices are being heard and that's an important thing. More women are having the power to mm. stand up against what's right. I think even the rates of like the increase in people reporting stuff when it comes to sexual assault or spiking or whatever it is, the increase in that is already showing that, okay, we're making progress we're empowering women but i don't know it, it's a hard one it's a really hard one yeah i've thought recently that because if our power is increasing as women i guess you could say that right um it we can't just keep we can't just keep going like it's gonna the, the balance has to change somehow right and i think that whether we've actually entered this or whether we're going to enter this, there's going to be a stage where we're, we're progressing, 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 but then the people are going to get angry. The people that, that are 
are dropping here. They're going to get angry and then we're going to start losing our progress or we're going to hit some resistance. And I don't know whether we have entered that phase, whether it's going to get worse, whether it's going to get better. I don't know, but we are going to meet resistance. And I do think that the more I look at what's happening and the more that I look at the media, um, the more resistance I'm seeing from from people. I would argue it's just more visible for all the reasons that Lucy mm. just described. Um, the people have always been angry. I remind you, we mm. used to burn women because they're witches. Like people have always been angry. It's just that we're able to see it a little bit more. But I do agree it's a very valid point that now the people who are getting angry arguably have more power than ever um, because mm-hmm. of the way that modern day society is structured, the technical mm-hmm. innovations that we have going on. We're actually, and obviously the political situation in like key Western societies as well. There's been a real sort of step backwards in terms of those, those falling, um, powers, shall we say, now kind of rising up again. And I think that is terrifying. And we're actually fighting like a much bigger battle than we may think. You know, it's not just about spiking drinks. Uh, it's not just about sexual assault. It's literally about an entire gender being oppressed. Um, and that's really scary. And I think that's a really, really valid point to raise. So my, um, my question was, knowing everything you know now, if you saw a stranger who was seemingly paralytic drunk, would you want to go in there and assist? Or would you before anyway? Yeah. What are your thoughts? I actually do this quite a lot. Yeah, I do. I do as well. Actually, I think I think occasionally I've been met with uh, like a I'm fine. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah. I'm like, no, no, please. I'm a, I'm a big sister vibe. I'm not going to rob you. That just again, it just shows how cautious we have to be of women, as women of yeah. anyone, let alone what gender we perceive someone to be. So that's crazy. Yeah, but sometimes that's that's sometimes that's ego, isn't it? It's just like, no, get away from me. I'm fine. Um, mm. Which I kind of get. I feel like I've been in that situation yeah. as well, where I'm just like, yeah. can you piss off? I'm fine. Um, but. <laughs> Like, what is the what is the worst that can happen? I don't know. I just mm. feel like, and it, you know, it's not just women. Like, I will do this to men as well. Like, anybody that I see on their own, sat down somewhere, not having a good time, I will go and have a chat with them because, like, you know, bars, clubs, anywhere where people are drinking and having a good time, they're supposed to be friendly, happy places where everyone just gets along. Like, that is what it's about. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So, mm. you know, why be cold like we're all on the tube going to work? Like, it doesn't oh, make sense to me. Low-key, it can be a bit patronizing as well, though. Well, this yeah. is the thing. <laughs> if you're not, it, if you're it, actually it that is. drunk. <laughs> like, imagine if you're like, are you okay, honey? I think the <laughs> reason why I, like, in instances, like, say this guy is, like, drunk on the tube or whatever, like, there is that element of fear of, like, oh, I don't want to get too close because they might mm. lash out at me and I don't know how to handle that. Um, but, yeah, I think it has all of this, like, all these new reports, it has made me much more, like, aware. And I think we could, we would all do a much better job at not just assuming that drunk people are people that have had too much alcohol they could well be drugged unintentionally with something um yeah absolutely and if the worst thing that can come out of something is that somebody thinks you're being patronizing well i mean yeah yeah if (laughs) i think i mean stay away from the men that are really like high energy drunk but also like really wasted in that kind of sense like nah you kind of I feel like you kind of know when someone's having a bad time right yeah you're right no you're right you do you, you absolutely do i agree and like i think you can it's like what you said tara when you were like you you kind of know when you've been spied i feel like you can maybe tell when someone is well you can tell when someone's not able to sit up or like look after themselves or successfully get off a tube 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I think, is that the end? That's it. That's it from us. So nice to have Saz Baz back in the pod. More from us three very soon, team. As ever, follow us on the old gram, um, at Close Friends, at Lucy Mountain, at Move With Tara, and at Sarah B. And see you next week, team. Thank you for sticking with us. Bye.